we're too quick to give people answers. So if somebody fails, we say, hey, let me, let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you what I saw. And we're quick to speak. And so rather than telling, we need to ask. So we need to learn to, to lead with questions, you know, instead of leading with telling. Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I'm Alan Briggs. And I'm David Bloom. We have a real treat for you. This episode, we interviewed Mac Lake, who is a leadership development guru who drops all sorts of wisdom on us. And if you are a young pastor or a young church planter, I would encourage you to slow down, maybe even listen to this episode twice and take some notes. So whether you're on your commute or walking your dog, throw in your earbuds, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mac Lake at least half as much as I did. This is Leadership Gold. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with my friend, Mac Lake. Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast, and I'm really excited about today's guest. Mac Lake is a guy who I've had the privilege to rub shoulders with a few times. Mac has impacted so many leaders across the country. Just one of those guys. I keep hearing his name from other people, um, and it's just had a huge influence on, on folks. And so, uh, for lack of a better term, I would call Mac a leadership guru. I don't know if he likes that term or not, but Mac, it is awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, Alan, it is so good to be with you, and I love the work that you guys are doing. Can you give us a an intro to you? When somebody says, so Mac, what do you do? What exactly do you tell them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I get the question a lot, especially from my family, you know, my, my, my in-laws, what do you, what is it that you really do? <laughs> and so I always do just they feel them, like you're you selling know, drugs or something? Do they not know <laughs> what's going on in your life? Know. It seems like you're doing a million things, Mac. Yeah. They're like, you used to be a pastor. Are you not a pastor anymore? You know, <laughs> that's the question I always get. And uh, the core essence of my life, uh, you know, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I went to Bible college, did that whole deal. I got into ministry, then I planted a church, and then I became a leadership development pastor and then started a church plant network. And so now with all of that experience, you know, here I am, in, I'm, I'm 57 now, and the core essence of my life is multiplying multipliers. If you boil my life down, that's, that's what I want to do. So anything, you know, I'll work with churches, individuals that want to multiply more leaders, but multiply leaders that multiply leaders. So that's, that's what I try to do. Just get a multiplication effect going uh, from, from my life and beyond. Awesome. Well, let's, let's dig right in then. When did you first get excited about multiplication and leadership development? Yeah, it, you know it's funny because it, it's something that I wasn't excited about. It it came from from a place of pain uh, because I was I was a, a associate pastor at a small church in Polly's Island, South Carolina. Um, I was fresh out of seminary, and I loved leadership. And I was leading there at the church, and I was leading so many things. I was leading all our small group leaders. I was leading all of our children's leaders. Uh, you know, I was leading our worship team. I was leading all kinds of things. And about a year into it, we loved the church, but a year into it, I looked at my wife, Cindy, and I said, Cindy, uh, the church is getting ready to fire me. 
And she said, fire you. They're not going to fire you. They love you. They love what you're doing here. I said, yeah, that's the problem. I'm, I'm leading so many things. It's all getting ready to come crashing down. And nobody knows this but me. And I wasn't, Alan, I wasn't taking a day off. Uh, it was producing stress in my marriage because Cindy was like, please don't answer the phone. It's, you know, it's your day off, you know, please rest. Well, please let's go on a date. And I was ignoring all those things because I had so many leaders calling me and demanding my time and needing this, that, and the other. And <clears throat> so that night I couldn't sleep and I was sitting in the hallway with a legal pad and I wrote down the names of every single leader in that church that reported to me, every team member and every leader. And Alan, it was 88 people Wow! that if somebody needed something, you know, these 88 people, they called Mac. So that night I realized, you know, God, I've got to do something. I can't survive in ministry like this. I'm stressed out, um, becoming physically unhealthy, spiritually unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy, relationally unhealthy. Something has to change. And that night God just sort of spoke into my spirit and said, choose seven of these people, go back, recruit them. So the next month, I, over the next month, I recruited seven people. And I said, listen, I have to change the way I'm doing things. So what I want to do is I want you guys to lead these different seven teams. I'm going to invest my time in you. I'm going to pour into you. My commitment is I'm going to make you successful. You make your team successful. If anybody on your team comes to me and says, hey, uh, Mac, I need this. I need that. I'm going to point them back to you. Because see, Alan, what I was doing is what a lot of us do. Anybody come to If I did have a leader in place, if one of their team members came to me, I'd, get, I'd answer their question or give them what they needed. So I was unintentionally unknowingly undermining the leadership of, of some of my leaders. So I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so I started doing leadership development with these seven individuals, pouring into them and expecting them to develop their team. And that, that saved my ministry over the next several years, <clears throat> probably saved my marriage too. You know, we have good marriage, but I just wasn't investing in my marriage. I wasn't investing in my health. And all of a sudden, after a year of doing that, I found myself with time to dream again, vision again, and and invest in myself more as well. I love it. So you're essentially living out that message today and being the leader that would speak up that you didn't have in in that season, correct? Oh yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think there's there's a vacuum of that. I mean, we find that as as we coach and we consult, uh, what person is there? who's not your boss or a lead pastor or the CEO or, you know, that, that has an interest of course in that and, and is biased, who's in the corner of a spiritual leader and very few people are. And so that's such a huge need, um, Mac. And it's fun to see how God has kind of repurposed that time, that season that I'm sure was hard in your life. I mean, I almost burned out 18 months into ministry. I mean, I did not make it very long, which embarrassingly short amount of time, for you know, a young man with lots of energy who you know at the time was single, about to be engaged, um, so I can identify. See, it doesn't come from a place of strength, but a place of weakness. And so I love that man. And thanks for for sharing your story. Uh, and honestly, I've probably heard that story a hundred or two hundred times. You know, of kind of right on the edge. And so there's so much hope in that in your own story and kind of turning back around to do that with other leaders. Uh, what and do you, you know, look Alan, for? You know, Alan. I, uh, let me make this comment real quick. It, I call that my leadership development conversion. And mm, there's a lot of pastors out there who are telling their staff, develop leaders, develop leaders, develop leaders. And they can't develop leaders because they've never had a leadership development conversion. Nobody's ever developed them. And so they've never seen it done. And 
And so, uh, and they've never done it. So they feel that insecurity. And, and so uh, we got to help some of our team members, some of our staff have that leadership development conversion. I would much rather a person walked me through how to develop leaders. I had to learn the hard way. And that's not a fun way to learn to, to do leadership development. That's such a good way to put it. Because really, I mean, how many uh, of us have not been discipled? How many of us have not been properly developed as a leader? But that's an expectation in our role or job descriptions is to actually go and develop more leaders. So what what about you, Mac? Before, I mean, you're, you're investing in leaders. You talked about the seven that year. You got leaders, you know, kind of all over the country, formally or informally, that you're developing what do you look for in a leader that you're going to invest some of your best time in? Yeah, yeah. I I call it TIP, T-I-P. I look for three things. I'm looking for teachability, integrity, and passion. I'm looking for somebody that has a teachable spirit. They're hungry. They want to learn. Uh, somebody that has integrity because I want to make sure they're growing in their character and their integrity before we put them in leadership because they might have competency, but if they don't have the character, their integrity and their character is going to undermine their leadership at some point. And then the last thing I'm looking for is passion. You know, do they have a passion to, to, for, for God's calling in their life and what God's calling them to do? Uh, because if they've got that passion, integrity and teachability, then you can teach them the skills and so those are the three things that, that I'm looking for. And, and I guess, you know, if I had to throw another one in there, it would be, this is one I've been thinking a lot about lately. It, it's calling. You know, I, I don't know that we're looking for people's calling like we used to when I was a kid. I, I, was, I was meeting with a church today and I, I was reminding them, you know, when I was a kid, you know, nine, 12 years old, you know, I was scared to death. God was going to call me to go to Africa and be a missionary, you know? And, and the reason I had that fear, you know, as a kid was our pastor talked regularly about God's calling on our life. And, and I know, you know, as a kid, I was interpreting that as vocational calling to ministry. We, we know that's not what that means now, but but I really think we've got to get back, get back to calling people into their calling. And, and I believe a lot of churches, they're sacrificing people's calling on the altar of their need. And so a lot of staff members are like, you know, I'm not really interested in what your calling is. I'm interested in filling this position, this empty position I have. And, you know, I don't want to talk about your calling. I, I just want I just need you to do what I need you to do. And I think we got to get back to calling people to their calling. And, and one reason we don't do that, I think, is <clears throat> I've never seen a calling that wasn't accompanied with fear. And a lot of times we're afraid of people's fear. And so we start to talk to them about you know, calling or what God wants to do in their life. And we see the fear in their eyes. So we back off instead of leaning into it. You know, I, I believe, you know, uh, that God speaks to us about the people around us and shows us their potential and can show us their calling before they see it. And so we've got to have the courage to speak into people's calling and call them into that calling. That's good. And, you know, so much, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we're talking about fear in ourselves more, but before the next creative risk or fearing, you know, the, the failure and let's just get that out there and be vulnerable. And I love that. But, you know, we're not talking much about leaning into other people's fear and helping to kind of disciple, guide, lead, shape them through that and kind of come alongside of God. So, man, I, I love that. There, there's, two, there's two things that are so important in leadership development, and you wouldn't think so. 
but it's fear and failure. We have to lean into their fear because when we lean into their fear, they're dependent, you know, and we help them identify their fear and, and speak out their fear because that helps them lean into their dependence on God. The second thing that's so important in leadership development is failure. We, we've got to, you know, failure is the, the best messy material for development. Because when somebody fails, now all of a sudden, they're ready to learn how it should be done. And if we, if we debrief their failure, wow, what an opportunity for development. But a lot of times what we do is we push them aside because they're failing rather than debriefing it and help them learn from the failure. So fear and failure are something that leadership developers need to lean into with people. That's great. I love it. And um, one of my favorite words, probably the favorite word that I had last year um, was instead of feedback, feed forward. Yeah. What does that look like to look ahead? Look ahead. And many times, you know, we'll, we'll give people feedback, but okay, so, so how are you going to do it differently? And actually just shaping that in that way. So kind of that feed forward idea, what are some other practical ways, Mac, that we can do that? Actually lean into failure to help shape a different future. Yeah, I, I think we're too quick to give people answers. So if somebody fails, we say, hey, let me, let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you what I saw. And we're quick to speak. And so rather than telling, we need to ask. So we need to learn to, to lead with questions, you know, instead of leading with telling. Uh, I, I just uh, finished shooting uh, an e-course called Leading with Questions to help le- leaders learn how to do this. And so when somebody fails, it's sitting down with them and saying, hey, man, I'm so glad you did this. OK, that was a great effort. You and I both know it didn't work out the way we, we wanted it to. I want you to tell me. What, what do you think you could have done different? Where did you mess up? How did you see people respond when you were leading that? Why do you think they responded that way? What will you do different next time? That's where that feed forward comes in. And then after, after asking them, you know, even saying, hey, <clears throat> on, on, a, uh, on a scale of A, B, C, D, F, how would you grade yourself? Okay, you grade yourself a C. What are you going to do next time to get to a B? And so I'm, I'm asking them questions to get them to discover for themselves the, the, the lessons from that experience rather than just going in and just saying, hey, let me tell you where you messed up. And they're going to listen to their own words first and let them process it. And then they're more receptive to what we have to say. Well, Mac, it's obvious that you're spending a significant amount of your time thinking about other people. And that's, I think, one reason why, why we really get along and why we, I mean, just the spark in this, we could talk about this for eight hours right now uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's, we're cut from the same cloth. I love, you know, what you're doing. Um, but sometimes leadership development gets pushed to the side, right? It becomes one of those uh, important things that's never urgent to us. So what are a few rhythms or habits in your life? that keep you coming back to intentionally investing in leaders? How have you built that into your life, Mac? I I would say several things. Uh, One is leadership development has to be a discipline, has to be a discipline that you build into your week. Okay. So, you know, one thing I would say is always take somebody with you. Uh, I was speaking at a church this morning, and so I grabbed a young church planter. I said, hey, go go with me. And so he went with me, rode up there uh, with me, rode back with me. On the way up, we talked about what I was going to talk about. On the way back, I said, tell me what your takeaways are. So always take somebody with you. Um, second thing I would say 
uh, rhythm is build build a debrief experience into everything you do. There are so many golden opportunities, leadership development opportunities that churches can leave just laying there on the ground. Everything we do, we can huddle up for five minutes or meet the next day for 20 minutes and say, okay, hey guys, what went well? What didn't go well? What can we learn from it? What leadership lessons can we learn? What can we do different? Those are development opportunities. So build debrief experiences into everything you do. Um, uh, another thing is uh, have a regular rhythm for the ongoing development of your existing leaders. Every, you know, no matter if, if I've led at a church, if I've led at a, a, a network organization, whatever it is, <clears throat> I always have a monthly, I have regular, you know, like weekly meetings, but at least once a month is a leadership development huddle. And so, you know, once a month, I know we're going to just, we're going to do something on leadership. Uh, so that we're all getting better. Because I know if I can make my leaders better, then they're going to produce better results. Um, another one uh, in the leadership pipeline process I, I, I teach churches to do is to do a talent audit or a people audit at least twice a year. Just take a look. And what you're looking at, you're looking at your leaders at every level in your pipeline at your church, and you're not looking for problems. You're looking for potential. So what you're doing is you, get, you put all the names down. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I love putting them on a giant post-it, all the leaders' names and saying, okay, who are the leaders who's got potential or who are the team members who's got potential to move up to leader? Okay, who are our leaders who's got potential to move up to a coach? Who are our coaches who's got potential to move up to a director? Okay, let's look at all of our leaders. Who are the future church planters from 15 years old and up? Who are the future church planters in our church that we can identify now that we can start giving opportunities to so that our church can become a multiplying church? And then uh, another rhythm that's just absolute must for me, I learned this from Ken Blanchard and the One Minute Manager, is consistent one-on-ones. Just having my team set goals, meet with them one-on-one on a consistent basis. Every time we meet, talk through their goals. Uh, what's going well? What's not going well? How can I help? Those are development opportunities. So uh, that's four or five rhythms that are pretty consistent in in my life and leadership. I love the talent audit. You know, I was sitting with... Uh, leader I was coaching, we're doing exactly what you were saying. Who has the capacity um, to be able to move to that next level? Who do you feel like it's the right season for them to kind of jump up there? It's, it's almost relational vision that you're reminding yourself of. And again, back to what you're saying, if if leadership development is indeed a discipline, it's not just going to happen on accident, we need to be asking those kind of questions. So guys, as you listen to today's podcast, I hope you're following along with a notepad or your notes app or something to be able to grab some of these thoughts and questions. Mac, really, really good stuff. I want to kind of get personal, go a little bit behind the curtain. How do you stay healthy as a leader so you can keep developing other leaders? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, Alan, um, I, let, me, let me say this first. My physical health is, is a high value for me. And here's what I've discovered. I, I'm saying that one first, and you would expect me to say spiritual health. But I've discovered if I'm not physically healthy, my body is tired. And it's harder for me to have quality time with God. I mean, when I'm tired, I still have time with God. But I've got to take care of my... It's, these sort of things you know, sort of work together. That, that physical aspect of, of my life and the, the spiritual, the emotional, the relational. And I think a lot of pastors ignore the physical. 
And that one's really important to me because if I'm not maintaining my physical disciplines, then I'm losing my emotional energy, which impacts my thinking, which impacts my spiritual life. So uh, my physical routines, working out on a consistent basis and eating uh, healthy and uh, trying to get quality sleep uh, is, is one way that I really try to stay healthy. Um, Thanks for starting there, by the way, just to <laughs> kind of cut you off for just a minute. It's interesting sure. things we don't feel like are spiritual enough, and you almost like, well, it may not sound spiritual, but, uh, and and I see that whether it's you know on your Instagram post and hey, you know, starting with a smoothie and a workout, um, that I see that that's something that we've neglected and kind of despiritualized. So really appreciate you, Max, speaking into that. Thanks for that. Um, talk about some other areas too. Yeah. And uh, my, one of my life verses is Deuteronomy, uh, I think it's 34, eight. And it's Moses, uh, uh, Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eyes were not weak and his strength was not gone. And when I first, first time I read that, vo- that verse, I was like, God, I want that. I, I want that to be representative of my health. Uh, the, the other one is, uh, I used to call it quiet time. I don't call it quiet time anymore because several years ago uh, I was having my quiet time one morning and it was just one of those days where, you know, God just met me and, and, um, and it left such an impact on me that I said, I don't want to call this quiet time anymore. I want to call this my daily encounter. And so, uh, you know, not every day is like that, obviously, but at that, that day I was like, God, I want to have a daily encounter with you. And so I want to start my day and there's a, there's a, uh, just the quick, uh, the quick format I use, not every single day, but most days, the format I use is called START, S-T-A-R-T. Scripture reading, I read a scripture, I summarize it in my own words. T is thought for the day. Uh, what's the one thing that stood out from that verse? And so uh, I'll, I will uh, I will write down that one verse or one in one word. So like today, my, my word was capture from uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I want to capture my thoughts today. Uh, A is apply is how am I going to apply what God said to me today? And then R is review yesterday. And so there I journal and I journal, uh, what do I need to confess from yesterday? What do I need to thank God for from yesterday? What do I need to ask and talk to God about uh, from yesterday? And then T is talk about today. And, and again, it's just going through my schedule and saying, okay, God, today, here's what I'm doing. I want you to go with me, be with me. Uh, and, and so that's how I like to start my day, S-T-A-R-T. Uh, I've, I've built that template into my Evernote. So when I go to my Evernote, I just click on that template, opens it up, and I can just sort of follow through that as I have my daily encounter with God. So those are the, the big things and um, that that keep me healthy. Awesome. Well, it, it's obvious, Mac, that you've got a great marriage and uh, never met your wife, Cindy, although I feel like I know her uh, just from social media. And just it's obvious you guys have a lot of fun together. And um, you bring her along now in this season. I know um, you're even a grandpa, which is crazy uh, to think about in, in this season. And so let's talk about marriage for, for just a minute. How do you and Cindy stay connected as you develop leaders and travel and really are up to a lot of different things? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, in year 33 of marriage. Uh, we've been empty nesters for uh, probably four years now. And, um, she's always been my best friend and, you know, a lot of people are afraid of that empty nest season. And I just have to tell you, this is the most special season of marriage. 
it, it, it's incredible. And I do get to travel a lot. <clears throat> and so I take her with me as much as possible. And uh, which is is quite a bit until we moved to Charleston, uh, South Carolina, to be with our kids and our grandkids. She doesn't like to go with me as much as she used to. But uh, when she does go with me, a lot of times what we do is we we uh, do something I call one day dates. And a one day date is I, I might fly to a city you know, Orange County, California is one of my favorites. So I'll take her with me there. I'll do my work there and then we'll spend an extra day and we do a one day date on that one day date. What we do is we say, okay, let's try to walk at least 10 miles. Let's find uh, a healthy restaurant. Let's go find a healthy snack. Let's go find a cool uh, local coffee shop. And let's go do something that's unique to this city. And so we'll start in the morning and we go all day long and just hang out together and just enjoy that city called a one day vacation. And it's so refueling. It connects us. And uh, so that's a lot of fun. When we're home, uh, we do a lot of walks together, uh, almost every evening, uh, going for a walk together. And then one of the things that's really helped us is, um, like, for example, I, I'm getting ready to leave for a full week, which is very rare. So I won't see her for a week. Uh, and so what we did a few days ago, we talked it through and we said, oh, okay, hey, I'm leaving for a week. We know this is going to be, you know, neither one of us like this. Uh, it's going to be easy for us to disconnect. So we just, you know, just acknowledge this is going to be a rough week. And uh, when I come back, let's make sure we reconnect. And so uh, just trying to be intentional about that. I love that. Well, thanks for modeling that for for us as we think about that season. And man, I hope it's as rich for us as, as it is for you guys. I love seeing that. Um, so as you are, are pouring into leaders all over the country, you're getting a really good uh, barometer of where leaders are at. Are there some common themes that you see that leaders are struggling with right now in this day, in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, great question. One I think is insecurity. Um, a lot of people get this call into full-time vocational ministry and they get very excited about it. And then they, they, they get into the ministry position and they're, they're over a certain area of ministry or they're over the entire church as a senior pastor. And, and they're, they're very, very excited about it. But um, over time they begin to judge themselves based on the performance of the church or the ministry department. And what happens a lot of times is our identity gets too tied into the performance of our ministry. And when we allow that, it develops an insecurity in us. And I see some leaders that lead from a place of insecurity. And I don't think we can walk in the spirit and lead our church or department where God wants it to go when we're leading from a place of insecurity. Because you can't lead from insecurity and walk in the spirit at the same time. And so... Uh, so I see a lot of leaders wrestling with this insecurity because their identity is so deeply tied to their ministry. I, I, years ago, Alan, I was coaching a little league baseball team and we had this kid on the team. His name was Andy. He was the all-star of the league. This kid was amazing. We were playing our rivals. He's on the mound. He's pitching. It's the last inning. It's one of these ideal situations. Uh, it's we're up by one run. Uh, and, 
There's two outs. It's the last inning. Andy's pitching. He throws the ball. The batter smacks it deep center field. Ball goes rolling, rolling, rolling. Andy turns around, sees it's the slowest player on our team chasing after the ball. He knows we're in trouble. So he turns around. He takes off running from the mound, and he passes the center fielder. He scoops up the ball. When he did that, we all screamed, you know, throw it to second. He didn't. He took off running towards the infield. So the runner's running to third base, on you know, getting ready to tie the game up. We're like, throw it to third. He doesn't do that. He keeps running. Next thing you know, it's like slow motion, Alan. It, Andy is running to home plate as the runner is nearing home plate, and there's this big collision, cloud of dust. Umpire calls the runner out. The, the, the fans went nuts. The team went nuts. You know, Andy did it. Ran all the way out, you know, got the guy out by himself. Now, you and I both see, hey, there's a problem with this. You know, Andy totally ignored the gifts and talents of his team. And, and there's a lot of leaders that do what Andy did. You know, it's, it, it's they ignore the talents of their team and they do it all themselves. But, but, and, and sometimes that's from insecurity. But here's the other thing. A lot, of, a lot of us who are in ministry, overseeing a church, overseeing a department, like Andy, we become addicted to becoming the hero. We love the applause of the crowd. We love the affirmation because the affirmation of, hey, you did a good job, gives us validation that we should have that job. And I talk to, I talk to leaders all the time who are looking for validation for their role because they're leading from a place of insecurity. Therefore, they don't do leadership development and, uh, and they're struggling with, with their identity. And, and I see that all over the place. Wow, that's good. And it creeps up everywhere, this idea of insecurity. If you're listening, think about this question, write it down. Where is insecurity getting in the way of you developing other leaders? Because I think all over our lives and, and certainly our leadership, it does. Um, in one of our episodes, we talk with Larry Osborne, and, and he talks about these things we preach, but we don't actually believe. And one of those, he said, is the body of Christ. We preach that, and yet we often don't uh, look for others' gifts, or when we see them, maybe we're too insecure that we don't have those to develop people beyond our own capacity. So, so good. Um, Mac, one of the questions we, we try to ask every guest is just what piece of advice, practice, or tool has helped you lead for the long haul? You know, I've got a, I've got a friend, and he, he, I forgot who the quote's from, but he said, he, he always reminds church planters that our primary call is not to ministry. Our primary calls to intimacy, and you know this is something that that you know even of recent God's just been reminding me of. You know we need to do ministry with Jesus. So many times we we're just doing ministry for Jesus, and when Jesus called his disciples and said, "Hey, you know, come follow me," he was inviting them to be with him. And so uh, you know when I do ministry with him, when I'm doing ministry with Jesus, I grow into the leader he wants me to be. When I'm doing ministry with Jesus, I don't struggle with these types of insecurities and insignificance. When I'm doing ministry with Jesus, I function from my gifts and my strengths, and I don't compare myself to others. I got another friend, he says, comparison is the root of all insecurity. And so, you know, for the long haul, you know, I, I don't, I can't say I do that every day. You know, I, I, I end up doing ministry for Jesus a lot, you know, and I have to remind myself, oh yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's like, I, I tell church planters this all the time. God gave you a vision. 
and you took off running with that vision and you are no longer listening to God. You listened to God, you got the instructions, you took off running, but then you forgot to keep listening. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I just, I just want to do, I just want to do ministry with Jesus uh, till the, till the very end and not do it for him and find out, oh, I did a lot of good things, but I didn't do the things he was really calling me to. Awesome, man. I love it. Simple and really hard to continue to think <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. If you're listening and, and you're a church planter, guys, replay this. This is such gold and really, really simple stuff, Mac, that we need to be reminded of. So thanks for these reminders. Thanks for taking time. Uh, something that we love to ask, it could be something really simple that's getting you excited right now, something just fun, uh, kind of dumb, not even a big deal. It could be about fishing or a hobby or something really, really deep. But Mac, what's one thing that you're excited about right now? Oh gosh. Uh, my grandkids, um, you know, I had a great job in Atlanta and I was 56 last year, had a great job, loved what I was doing, loved my team. But, uh, Last summer, my kids all moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and my three grandkids, obviously, with them. And uh, Cindy is from Charleston. And I just looked at her one day and I said, what would you think if I quit my job and you have followed me around my whole life, every calling I've had? And your calling is to be a grandma. My calling is to help leaders reproduce leaders. And so I can do that from anywhere. And uh, what would you think if I left my job and let's go follow your calling. And I obviously I didn't have to twist her arm. So we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and we see our grandkids every week. Uh, you might hear them crying in the background right now <laughs> or laughing or screaming because we're babysitting them for the week. Uh, and uh, Alan, it's, it's just been the greatest joy uh, to, to pour in to our grandkids. And, um, we are, we are using our imagination and we say, how can we change their lives by stimulating their imagination? So we take them on journey. We live on a place called Daniel Island. It's an island. And we have turned this place into an adventure land. And I have to use my imagination. And we take them on little journeys. And we have little places all over this island that have special names and special stories with them just to try to plant implant values and character in, in these kids. So I love, we're excited about investing in our grandkids. Awesome. I love it. And uh, rumor has it, if you head out to Daniel Island to see Mac, then you can watch him wrestling with the Gators. Isn't that part of your kind of disciplines each morning, kind of right after you spend time with God that you go straight out after your run, after lifting and kind of do some Gator wrestling. Is that right? Well, you know, it's right. Yeah, you, you've probably seen that Insta story where uh, right out, I'm looking out that window right now, there's a pond and we have a gator in that pond and uh, uh, he's right there. Now, I've not taken him on yet, but somebody must have because part of his tail's missing. So <laughs> I, b I believe in you, Mac. I believe in you, man. <laughs> this is the right season for you to, to do that. Uh, man, I've loved, loved chatting and reconnecting. Uh, just remember our time that we laughed a lot and talked really deeply when we were in Estes Park with some other people dreaming about multiplication and the church and the next season. And 
um, just some of those some of those moments have you know certainly impacted me and and you've continued to at a distance. So thanks for all of what you're doing um, and just the sweet sweet season that sounds like you're in right now. Mac, how can our listeners follow along um, with with what you're doing and learn from you? Yeah, um, you can go to my website, maclakeonline.com, M-A-C-L-A-K-E online.com. Also, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash maclake. There you'll find, uh, I do weekly videos on leadership development. And then also you can go to Oxano, A-U-X-A-N-O.com and get information about the leadership pipeline. So thank you for asking. Awesome. Well, yeah, I would highly encourage you. I've been tracking along with the YouTube channel and love what you're putting out there. Um, Mac, thanks so much. This time was a gift to us. I know you're a gift to many leaders out there. And um, guys, if I can encourage you to just listen through this again, not put it on one and a half or two X speed and just sit down, write out some questions and some thoughts. Max, thanks for, or Mac, thanks for dropping some wisdom on us today. We really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, and as God is working in your life, we pray that it translates to our lives. So thanks for being with us today. It was a joy. Oh, what a great episode. There was so much wisdom in that, especially coming from myself as a young church planter. There was so much that I can relate to um, from Mac in that conversation. How about you, Alan? What stuck out to you? Man, so much good stuff. I feel like Mac is so close to our heart with the Stay Forth Designs team and this leadership conundrum that we talk about that if you aim at impact, you're going to find unhealth. But when you find health and become who God has uniquely designed us to be, then all kinds of impact comes out of it. And Mac is just really an example of a guy that's just done this faithfully for years. Uh, I love when he talked about leadership development is a discipline to actually build it into our time. And there's a tool that we utilize and we created called the weekly planning grid. That's actually a place for us to intentionally put our time on paper. And that's something that has become a discipline for me is to actually develop people. Cause if not careful, uh, I can just, you know, check people off as a box, somebody that I have to meet with or extract something out of instead of to be available for people and actually to make that a, a discipline of developing people. So uh, man, I love that. I mean, everything he brings is gold. I think this is probably one of the episodes that naturally has the greatest impact on on us uh, as people who are developing others for our team. I think we could listen through this together as a team. I, I like how he talks about what he's looking for that he calls tip, teachability, integrity, and passion. He knows exactly what he's looking for in people that he truly wants to develop. Um, and of course, he, he shares that so many leaders are anxious and stressed and, and overwhelmed. And I just appreciated him sharing his story, similar to mine, uh, just a couple years into ministry, heading to a bad place um, that he called his leadership development conversion. And I absolutely loved that. And, and Max just the real deal. He and his wife in a sweet season of life uh, in that. So there's so many things we could take from that. Um, but I like how practical Mac gets about leadership. I think for us as leaders, most of us would agree that leadership development is important, but there's a difference between an espoused value to develop leaders and then one that we actually put into practice. And it takes intentionality. And Mac models that so well. And you see the impact that he's had in leaders, leaders that we know the kind of impact that he's already had in, in their life. He has modeled this for a long time and, and has done this faithfully and has seen so much fruit. I mean, leaders all around the country have been developed by Mac. And so we want to leave you with a few questions. He left you with some in the middle of the episode. 
But a couple of questions. Number one, we know that you don't want to be overwhelmed and we know that you don't want to be underwhelmed, but what does whelmed look like for you? What does it look like for you to be whelmed, for you to be leading at the pace that God has you leading at, doing the things God has you doing? And secondly, where is comparison killing your leadership? In which specific areas is comparison killing your leadership? I loved what Mac talked about at the end, that he said that comparison is the root of insecurity. If you're feeling insecure in your leadership, stop comparing yourself to somebody else, another team, another church, another leader, somebody else on social media, and start becoming the leader that God has designed you to be. So just a reminder, head to our resources page. That's on our Stay Forth site. We'll put it in the show notes. Head to our resources page, and there's several tools that can help you be intentional about your week, about your time, about how you are developing leaders. We would love to help you get intentional about developing leaders. And just a reminder for you guys that you can lead for the long haul without selling your soul. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We are so thrilled that you guys are following along with us on this journey to have practical conversations on health and impact. And so if you found this content valuable, please like, please subscribe, please share with your friends on your social media platforms and wherever you listen to podcasts. And so thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. So long.